Welcome to Younger and Older. I'm Dave Wager, your host, and today I'm with Todd McElhinney, a good friend who we often do Younger and Older with. And we're coming to you from the studios of Relate365.com on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. And I invite you to go to those websites, take a look at what we're doing, download some podcasts, or come and join us for a year of school. Todd, you're a Nicolay Bible Institute graduate, correct? Yep, yep. Coming up this fall, it's 10 years, believe it or not. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) This next fall, 2021. And you were uh, RA for a year too, right? Two years. Two years. Yes. Well, good for you. So if you have any questions, we'd love to uh, allow you to talk to Todd about what's going on in the Nicolay Bible Institute and why you should be a member of that. Um, what did that year do for you? You obviously stayed two more. Was it an important year for you? Yeah. Um, I had come, um, I grew up a pastor's kid, but I really wanted to own it, you know, and not just like, yeah, here's what we believe. I wanted to know why I believed it and study it out for, for myself. And, um, I really came in just thinking like, you know, I don't, I mean, I don't think I'm super far off, but I want to come with a teachable mind and realize that whatever it is I believe, if it doesn't line up with scripture, then I need to change what I believe. Right. And so I came in with that and I'm um, just digging into the word of God in ways I hadn't learned before was amazing. And learning how to come to a conclusion on something, whether it be like, I need to change what I've believed or, oh, this is what I believe. And now I know why, (laughs) you know, and I mean, my parents did a good job of teaching me a lot of the whys as well. But to study it out for yourself is, I think, incredibly important because then it's yours. You own it. It's your conclusion. You've read it for yourself. You've studied it for yourself. Um, And then uh, learning how to live it, I think, learning how to serve and understand um jesus was a servant like he came to serve he did um and so also living that out on the weekends in a practical way you know being able to you know help either run the stables or the zip line or you know the canteen or serving in the kitchen you know so a lot of different uh a lot of different avenues here to put practically um, into, into practice what oh, you've learned. Yeah. So, you know, you know, it's interesting is, is that your story is similar to many. I mean, there are, there's a lot of young people who come here when I talk to them and they've grown up in the church. They've grown up in a family that knows the Bible. They've heard the Bible. They know all the stories. And yet they realize that there has to come a time where I embrace this for myself mm-hmm. and not just know that that's what my family believed. Mm-hmm. And there, there is a time, believe it or not, if you're a young person listening, there's a time. You might say, I believe this, but there's going to be a time where you ask yourself, do I believe this because this is what my parents believed? Mm-hmm. Or is it true? Mm-hmm. And, and If you cannot come to con- a conclusion on that personally, like this is mine, if you cannot own it, Man, you're going to be, I mean, like James talks about, you're going to be a wave of the sea tossed back and forth, unstable in all that you do. (laughs) Yeah. Well, this brings me to a topic I love talking about. We've probably talked about it before, but I think this is a perfect time for it again. As an old teacher, there is a principle out there. It's a difference between conditioning and education. There's, There's two parts of educating somebody. 
and uh, conditioning is very important, but conditioning is not education. Conditioning preserves somebody. It doesn't actually train them. So conditioning, for example, you have uh, two young boys, mm-hmm. and there are times where they probably want to do something they shouldn't do. Yeah. Would you? There sure are. Yeah. <laughs> would, would Would you want them to um, always decide that they want to do what's right because they really understand why they should and they desire to do what's right? Is that the goal? No. Okay. No, what's not the goal? What's the goal? The goal is to keep them safe <laughs> right. and to have them grow up and hopefully eventually understand. Like, okay. I mean, we've had this conversation, my wife and I, you know, many times, like they don't have to understand why we tell them not to go play in the road. Right. <laughs> they don't have to understand it. Yeah, but they need to obey. Yeah, they do. They do. And So yeah. here's the mistake. You can think that your children are excellent, wonderful young people because they don't go in the street. Mm-hmm. However, they aren't going in the street because they're afraid of getting a spanking. It's not because they know they shouldn't go in the street and the reasons why yet. Mm-hmm. One day, they need to learn why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and actually, um, you had told me about an object lesson you did with your daughter, yeah. and I did a similar one where we were walking up um, to camp this last summer, and there was... <laughs> There was a flat chipmunk. Oh, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> right that happens mid- a lot. <laughs> right yep. in the middle of the road. And we have, you know, after the storm last summer, we've had a lot of big logging trucks yeah. going past camp and stuff. And, um, yeah, as a parent with young kids, that's, you know, concerning. And so we're going up the hill, and I see that, and I said, Finley, um, do you see that chipmunk? <laughs> yeah, I see it. That is why we don't want you to run out into the road. Yeah. We don't want that to happen to you. And uh, I I probably, <laughs> I don't know if I should have said this, but I went so far as to say he probably wasn't listening to his parents. Right. Oh, yeah. No, that's fine. <laughs> so anyways, that was very vividly, that's vividly stuck in his mind. He remembers that now. Well, so. and that that's so critical because what you did there was you conditioned first, which is okay. But the problem with any parenting skills at all is when you condition and never turn it into the educational side. Hmm. It's not wrong to condition. It's wrong to never turn it into Mm. an education. Gotcha, yeah. Now, in some things you can't because as long as the child's living at home, there's rules. Okay, you know, we can get older and you can see because you could have seen this in your life. So you get older, you go to church. Everybody at church labels you as a a nice young man Mm -hmm. because, you know, you don't swear, you don't drink, you don't smoke. You you, you say, yes, sir, no, sir, and you send thank you letters. You know, I mean, you've done all the things you should. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure as a pastor's kid. Absolutely. And and what they may not know is that if you did swear, if you did smoke, you'd be punished. And so that's why you don't do it. And uh, thank you letters, as soon as you got something, your your mom said, write a thank you letter and Mm -hmm. gave you the card and the pen. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. all, all that kind of stuff, right? Yep. So still, it's not bad that you sent the thank yous. Right. Down the road, though, mm-hmm. you need to send the thank you because you're thankful. Right. And and how you get there <laughs> is the mystery. I mean. Mm-hmm. It's different for everyone. It is. Um, but I don't want to <laughs> discourage parents from conditioning their child. 
a, a three-year-old does not need to hear a lecture about the safety factors of a semi going down the street and how they stop and how many feet it takes to stop per minute. And they don't need to know that. Mm-hmm. You need to tell them to stay out of the street. Mm-hmm. And even though they don't understand it yet, that's okay. And you look as a parent for ways yeah. to make it real. You yeah, know? and you can even see like how in America parents have really, you know, lost that. I mean, you can see now they're even starting to say like he's eight years old; he can decide if he wants to change genders or whatever. And it's right. like, what? Yeah, no, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you know, the other thing is, as a parent, then I encourage you to continually look for ways to transfer anything from conditioning to education. For example, let's say uh, sometimes you work on a project at home. Mm-hmm. So maybe your son, how old is your oldest? Four. Four years old. Mm-hmm. And you know, your boys, your boys actually, I think, are pretty intelligent. When I talk to them, I'm surprised that uh, your youngest... Uh, how verbal he is actually when you're over at our house once and mm-hmm. my wife needed some tape he goes i'll go get some and i'm thinking you don't even know where it is <laughs> yeah. and he's gone yeah. looking through the house for tape oh, by I mean, the way where is it <laughs> yeah uh, anyway um you know as as they get older if you're doing a project around the house you and your wife might say i wonder how much flooring we need on this project mm-hmm. how much floor do we need to get so you bring your son into it how much floor do you think we need? Mm-hmm. I don't know, Dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, 100 pieces. Well, then just hear him. Let him hear you think it out. Mm-hmm. Now, he may not get it at that day. Yeah. But really, what they haven't figured out is why they have to do math in math class yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and so what yeah. you're doing is you're giving them down the road. Well, square foot is always length times width. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, he gets into that part in math. Right. And he goes, I know why we need to know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, what happens is instead of getting conditioned right away, in that case, he gets educated right away. Mm-hmm. Because it's for the right reason he's learning that. There's mm-hmm. a lot of teachers who just say, just learn. And, and a lot yeah. of parents who let kids just watch TV, so they never apply stuff. And they, never, they leave the home never educated, just conditioned. Mm-hmm. Not healthy at all. Yeah, yeah. So here's a question. Um, just, <laughs> I guess, on air of like something that I'm curious about. How would you, in a positive way, channel um, his ability to negotiate? He is actually at four years old. He is an incredible negotiator and is starting to display some some logic that I'm like, oh my goodness, he's really thought this through. Yeah. So for example, how would I, um, w- what are some ways that I could channel this? Because if, for example, he'll say, um, can I, can I have a nap instead of taking a sleep nap? Can I have a movie nap where I watch a short show? So then so then I can go to bed early because if I take a sleep nap, I'm going to be up later, you know? Right. <laughs> and then and for another example of like his negotiations, he'll, you know, for Christmas, there's a bunch of goodies in the stockings right. and stuff. And yep. he goes, can I have, can I have three chocolates? <laughs> right. You know, and we're like, no, you don't need three chocolates. How about one? And he's like, okay. And you know, 
one is better than zero. So he like he does this whole negotiation thing, and yeah. he seems to be pretty smart about it. How do I, as a parent, positively yeah like train that? You know, <laughs> I think one of the things that parents always need to do is recognize the things that are potentially dangerous in their children as gifts. Okay. Not yeah. as not as burdens. Mm-hmm. Okay. God wires everybody differently. You know, if, mm-hmm. uh, your son also is pretty good on the drums. Yeah, he's got <laughs> impressive. He's got rhythm. rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. So you recognize that, so you do things to to uh, bring it out. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and I I don't know how many young fathers I've talked to, especially, and their their sons or their their daughters are just so full of energy. They're nuts. Mm-hmm. And, That's and, my boy. Sometimes. Well, yeah. I tell them this story though. I tell them, okay, well, if you have time for a story. When I went to college, and you've heard the story, so sorry for you, but <laughs> when you go to college, when I went to college and uh, played football, I got recruited to play. And I really only played one year of high school football, and I wasn't really good at the basics. I really wasn't that sound at any of the fundamentals, and yet they recruited me pretty heavily to go to college and play. Um, my After I was done playing in college, I can remember sitting in the coach's office and saying, why did you recruit me? I mean, I want to know this because mm-hmm. I know what I came with. Yeah, I, I didn't come with the foundations that everyone else had. Mm-hmm. I didn't come with the skill. I wasn't the fastest on the field. In fact, n- nobody would say, "Boy, that guy burns up the turf." You know, I mean, nobody did that. Mm-hmm. So I said, "What did you see?" Without hesitation, he said, "You had the one thing we couldn't give you. You were all over the field. We could direct that, but we could never give it to you." We wanted that so we could direct it. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, what you did was you noticed a gift in this. Mm-hmm. It wasn't in the foundational understanding of the sport. Mm-hmm. It wasn't in uh, the size or the speed. It was the fact that I just didn't give up and that I, I just kept going and going like the Energizer Bunny. And you wanted the challenge to channel that. And they said, exactly, that's exactly what happened. And I mm-hmm. thought, I've never forgotten that as I've gotten older. Hmm. That it wasn't because of my skill, it was because of something they couldn't coach. Mm-hmm. So I look at your son now, and the first thing you and your wife need to do, I think, is say, is when you pray for your boys, acknowledge the gift and mm-hmm. ask God to help you guide it. I mean, that's number one. Yeah. Because he's got that gift for a reason. Yeah. And every gift can be used to self-destruct or it could be used for good. And you can ask God, help me surround myself with people. That's what the church is supposed to be. Help mm-hmm. help us understand what we need to do to guide this. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I wouldn't do is ever get weary that the gift is there. Okay. Because, yeah. because really, all gifts out of control are trouble, even yours. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Any yeah, gift taken sure. to an extreme. Right. Becomes a liability. It is an, And so a child doesn't have the understanding of where the liability starts. So that comes back to what you were saying earlier the about conditioning. conditioning. Right. It, it's really a delicate balance. You know, I've done this with kids who are young. I would grab them. You know, they've just been running all over. You know, I love your boys. I love being with them. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, we get along just dandy. You know, I mean, it could be my age. It could be whatever. Yeah. But, you know, I would take them anywhere and do anything. I think they would be fine. But if they did go crazy on me, if they just started going nuts, I would grab one of them and hold them and just hug them and look at them and go, boy, I love your energy. 
I love the fact that you have that energy. I wish I had that. <laughs> but here's what I need you to do with it. Mm-hmm. You know, so then I, what I would start doing is start to train them on how to, how to channel that energy. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a, a little bit more difficult because as it, parents, grandparents, whatever, they're spending time with children, it gets to the point where you go, I'm so tired of this. Mm-hmm. Well, when you're tired of it, grab them. Mm-hmm. Look them in the eyes and tell them you love them. And, that, and take a moment to reflect on the giftedness that's driving you insane. Mm-hmm. And then give them a way to just bend it a little so that they can, cont- because it sounds like your, your oldest son is somebody that's saying, you know, I'm naturally, if I ask for 10, I'll get five. <laughs> yeah. I only want one, but let's see if I can get five. You know, and, and, <laughs> yeah. and so all of a sudden he's got this game he's playing. Yeah. And to recognize the fact that he's a good thinker mm-hmm. and to acknowledge that to him. Uh, and even once in a while to say, you know what? You actually have made sense here on the deal. We'll go with it. Hmm. What, what you're doing then is allowing him to see that this thought process thing is good and he that there are times. To, <laughs> yeah, just needs to use his powers for good. <laughs> yeah, well, and what's really interesting is all of us tend to, I'll give you the eventual goal. I mean, and you know this, so it's no big deal. But the eventual goal is to learn how to use your gifts, talents, resources for the good of others. Right now, as a child, he's using them for himself. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. through time, that's where the discussion needs to go. Uh, it, it, it may not start with the whole theological issue of dying right. yourself. and It may not start that way, but it's like, okay, you have a lot of energy. I, I'll give you an example. I'm your neighbor. Now, people need to understand I'm not trying to get you to do anything, but I'm giving you an example here. Mm-hmm. So as your neighbor, it snows. Your son's going crazy with energy. Okay, friendly. What can you do with that energy that would help somebody? We got him snow shovels. Snow shovels. Why don't you go over <laughs> to Dave and Linda's deck and shovel it for him? All you're doing is teaching them. Yeah. But you know what? Use the energy for something. Use it for something good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can shovel here. You can shovel there. Do you know that our other neighbor, Rick, he's not there half the time. Why don't you go make sure his deck shoveled? Mm-hmm. You know, it's got a rough fun. It's not going to be much. But it's like, okay. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, you, without lecturing, have taken the gift and you've moved it to another level. Mm-hmm. And that's really a skill that a parent has to develop is constantly asking, is this something that I can develop in my child for a positive side? And it does take some creativity on your part because you're constantly yeah. trying to identify the foundational gift not the apparent irritation. Right. I think actually my wife um, does does that pretty well. She had a story about she had them in the store and they were asking for this. It was like, you know, three toys in this $5 pack or whatever. And they, Finley wanted one and Elliot wanted a different one. And Sarah goes, well, you guys talk about it amongst yourselves and decide on one together. And Elliot's like, yeah, I know which one I want, that one. Yeah, <laughs> you yep, know? Yep. And, and so they kind of talked about it, and Sarah's like, you guys got to decide together. And Finley got very, like, sober and was like, 
okay, we can have the one that Elliot wants. You know, and then he just got really sad and Sarah said, well, thank you for, you know, thinking of, thinking of Elliot. Right. You know, and so he, he was sitting in the shopping cart and they went about the rest of the shopping trip and he was just sad and, but, you know, he didn't complain or anything. He just sat there and Sarah at the end of it was like, you know, Finley, that was so nice of you to agree to get the one that Elliot wants. How would you like it if we got the other one too? And he just burst into tears. <laughs> yeah. And she, she's like, what's the matter? And he's like, I'm just so happy, yeah. you know? And so I think she's very good in looking at ways like that. And it's definitely an area that I'm, yeah, trying to grow into. Well, everyone is. You, you get irritated at times because you're human. And, yeah. and the same problems come over and over again and they're young. But that's a good, like, picture for me, that whole story that Sarah had that kind of exemplifies what you were talking about of look for those things and uh, try to encourage it. And anyway, so. Yeah. Well, at, you know, at Christmas, I gave your, your boys something. And <laughs> what, what was interesting is when I got it, we originally we were uh, my wife and I were talking about, well, I want to give them two different things. And they're looking. And then when I saw it, I thought, no, this is the one I want. Mm-hmm. And. I said, you know, we talked about it. I said, they're going to have to learn to share. And uh, Linda, my wife, was saying, well, they're young. And I said, <laughs> yes, I know. But let me yeah. do this. L- let me see if I can help by encouraging them to share. Um, I'm their buddy. I'm their old buddy that gives them rides on the gator. And I, I, let me see if I can help them learn to share. And she immediately looked at me and said, don't lecture them. And I, I know what you're saying. Don't give them too much information, mm-hmm. you know, on this. I said, I won't. I mean, they're my buddies. I'll just say, I want you to share. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. Yeah. And I think because of the relationship we have that that could be helpful down the road, mm-hmm. that, that they're going to have to learn to share. And that Todd and Sarah down the road can say, Dave said you had to share. You know, I mean, and, and that mm-hmm. will be helpful to learn how to do it because they got to learn to do it anyway, I, I, yeah. regardless of who teaches them. And so I went with one, one that I liked better than cheesy little ones that I, I think mm-hmm. would have just been thrown away anyway. But, um, and so that's, that was the goal. But I think that's always a struggle. I mean, as an old guy, you as a parent, I'm, you sit there and think, all right, I understand that they need to learn this skill mm-hmm. down the road. Can I put them in a position? Because the thing that both my wife and I were concerned about is, did I just give you and Sarah a headache? Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, no. you, if yeah. these boys are going to fight, if they're going to be upset with each other over this little toy, then we didn't do you any favors. <laughs> but yeah. my educational and grandpa side kicked in. Yeah. And it was like, however, there's another side to this. Yeah. If I can, with the relationship I have with them, mm-hmm. if I can ask them to share, it could be a good tool for Todd and Sarah to help them learn to share and not say we're telling you that mm-hmm. um and I, I would ask you now we haven't talked about it necessarily are they sharing it yeah they're doing a good job sharing okay it. So, so if it makes you feel any better well, yeah it didn't cause us a headache yeah they i i it goes back to to what you were saying though about conditioning because i know like again my wife is better at this than i am but i know since since we became parents since we brought finley home from the hospital I have struggled with this trying to reason with him like you're 
you're fed, yep. you have your diaper changed, you know, you, you, yeah, that you work? slept well. <laughs> it doesn't work. Like you can't, you can't reason. Right. <laughs> and so, um, it's, I don't know, it's just a good reminder to me and goes back to, they don't have to understand. Right. You have to show them, you do have to tell them. And I think like you said, was really good that like, don't overdo it, you know, just give them the information that they need and they'll learn to see as they get older why it's important. Yeah. And so anyways, I just know like for myself, I, I've always tried to reason with them and Sarah will tell me like, he doesn't understand yeah. all Well, that. Well, I think <laughs> that could be a male characteristic. I, I think, yeah. you know, Linda's warning to me when you give him, don't yeah. lecture him too much on sharing. She knows. You'll sit there a half hour and talk to him about sharing and the importance of it and how they have to learn it. And they're like, and it's like can I push yeah. little Dave on yeah, the gate? Yeah, can, can we do that? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, no, I get it. Right. So we reminded each other before we even started, you know, the goal is, and I probably only said one sentence to him, I expect you guys to share this. Mm-hmm. And then I was done. I didn't go into the importance of sharing. I didn't right. do anything else. It was like, I, no, I expect you to share it. And I didn't even talk to you and Sarah ahead of time, but I just knew, okay, I'm handing the ball back to you. This is your decision how to do this. Mm-hmm. And, of course, there are a lot of people, in, in including uh, Linda and I, we talked a little bit saying, you know, we don't want to come across to – to Todd and Sarah as if we're trying to raise their children somehow. And I said, don't worry about it. I said, this is not trying to raise their children. <laughs> yeah. and, and that's not what she meant in mm-hmm. this case. But it can be to where people get in the way of what somebody else is doing. It's very important. If you're listening to this and you're my age bracket, you're more grandparently or whatever, it's really important that you back the parents up and that you don't do things on your own. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that's important. Because otherwise, there's going to be worse conflict than better conflict. It's important. Yeah. This thing that we did at Christmas, I know Todd and Sarah, and I know sharing's a good thing. So that that mm-hmm. was not a real issue. But there might be other issues that you need to be careful with and ask the parents, how can I help you do this? Don't tell them, mm-hmm. you know, I taught your kid not to go out on the road. I, you know, I, I put him in a straitjacket and dragged him behind my, you know, <laughs> it's like, okay, that's not their method. Yeah. So right. you need to make sure that you're sensitive to what the parents are trying to do. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if you're a young parent, you need to be realizing that there might be some other people in your neighborhood that love God that could teach what you're trying to teach and reinforce it from a different angle. Mm-hmm. And, and that's exactly what the Bible says you should be doing. Yeah, well, I mean, I even... <clears throat> I noticed that even with you guys where like maybe it's been a super rough day where, you know, there's been a lot of discipline because they're not listening. And, you know, um, especially, you know, if it involves the road, it could be potentially dangerous. And then, you know, we see you at camp and they jump on the gator and don't give you a single problem. They're well behaved. And so, I mean, that does also touch on an aspect to like kind of it takes a village kind of thing. And I really, I really think, um, you know, that's how God designed it to be. Oh, absolutely. And even like in the Bible, you know, we look at it like where, where did Jesus parents think he was for three days? Why was it three days? But I think it goes back to that. Like we're, we need to do this together. Right. You know, so it's always important. I think to have significant other adults in your children's life that you can actually trust only for the reinforcement factor. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. yeah. Well, 
we, we do thank you for listening. Uh, we're going to continue this discussion in a few minutes here. And if you want to hear it, go to Relate365.com. We're coming to you from those studios on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. And we invite you to go download those podcasts. 